I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome, everyone. You're listening to the 2019 edition of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our round seven episode. First double game week. Yeah, get excited for this stuff, guys. Uh, this episode is brought to you by BeardCareClub.com. Uh, oh, oh a surprise visit from Lily wants to join in and get the Beard Care Club products as well. Uh, Beard Care Club is a U.S.-based veteran-owned company offering facial hair care products and accessories for both men and women and apparently babies like Lily as well. Uh, check out BeardCareClub.com today. Uh, to find out more, use code MLSFANTASY to get your MLSFI discount as well. Uh, good people out of out of Real Salt Lake, who, uh, or at least fans of Real Salt Lake up there in Utah. Uh, so yeah, head over there, check it out, support some great people. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBots.com, and tonight I'm joined by co-host Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle, uh, who may be joined by his daughter Lily at times. Uh, we'd also like to welcome our very special guest tonight, Jessup Gage, uh, who was one of our top Patreon donors for the last couple of seasons, uh, and a fellow FC Cincinnati fan. So how is everyone doing tonight? Doing well. Great. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, the only promise that we're making tonight is that we won't uh, devolve into some sort of hour-long episode of uh, soccer, human resources, law, and and jargon, <laughs> as, as can happen when Blaine, Jessup, and I talk on Twitter or uh, Facebook about things like that. So none of that will happen tonight. Uh, oh, but, I think we can derail and we can go to that conversation. Let's not make any promises we can't keep. Uh, there might be a short episode, <laughs> right, there may be a Patreon episode there. Uh, but what we are here to talk about, guys, is fantasy soccer, and that's what everyone's tuned in for tonight. Uh, so we're just going to jump right in, right away, start talking about our uh, Beard Care Club Round 6 review. I know everyone is excited to talk about this incredibly entertaining from a watch soccer point of view, but very frustrating for many uh, fantasy round. Uh, Blaine, we'll let you just kick things off on a, on a high note. How did you do it? <laughs> on a high note, and I got an 80 this week. Um, not terrible overall. I think I, I can't tell whether I went up a few spots in the overall ranking or down. Um, value went up almost another 0.5, so I won't complain there. Uh, Captain Paz, that was mediocre. Um, started Altidore, which worked out really well because I was wavering between him and Zardes in the starting role. Um, <clears throat> but I had Rooney, and that minus two really hurt, especially when the counter to Rooney was Vela, who had another solid week. Uh, probably the biggest highlight I had was uh, grabbing Nani, just taking a flyer on Orlando doing something well, and that's kind of what saved my week there. Everybody else kind of went where I expected them to, and unfortunately I got caught by the SKC rotation at the end. And, when I mean, I had Russell and I had Fontas. I ended up dropping Russell to try to tweak it a little bit. I was trying to catch up in a head-to-head, -head, and I thought, well, if SKC can keep the clean sheet with the subs, I can – possibly snag this head-to-head -head win it didn't work but i did bring in busio so i got two extra points there from russell i think i may have lost two points total on that but the guys i had i think all gave me a price rise so i can't complain too much there no you get i mean i think 80 is a solid score this round i saw a few people in the 90s people in, in the hundreds i think if you were scoring anyone listening right now uh if you got from 75 or higher i think you probably had a pretty good game 75 to the 80s a good round anything in the 90 to 100 plus round had, had a fantastic this was a strange round uh, i almost went with nani i couldn't quite afford him with uh don't quite have as high a budget as i would hope for at this point but i did uh, mention orlando when i was on the united states of soccer before as, as a potential i uh, didn't see that game being that high scoring but uh, but yeah they they pulled that out uh that was our our blaine jessup uh, can we call it the MLS FI Derby? Is that is that okay? Sporting Kansas City versus 
Cincinnati. I mean, maybe yeah. we can get two derbies since it's usually me. So we got Cincinnati versus Sporting Kansas City, and then Cincinnati versus New York City FC. Those would be our. I was about to say, like, we just cut New York City out of out, of, which is fine with me this year. <laughs> I mean, I get this is this New York, is New York City still has a team. Um, uh, apparently, I mean, Mike, how did your team go? Uh, how did my team? Oh, my team had, did great this weekend. Um, Shmi and uh, Pirate Brute teamed up really well to beat Peter Pan at the Jolly Rogers. So I was able to beat <laughs> Ursula in the villainous game I played this weekend. Oh, uh, as far as fantasy, not so much. Um, if you listen to my picks last week, um, some of the good players I had on my team, I traded those players out for bad players. So, like, I had Francis and Josie on my picks last week, and then I dumped them because there was injury concerns. Um, and then I picked up, like, Dwyer, who, even though Orlando scored four goals, he got none of them. I still captain Valeri. He got one point, which is I think is the worst captain I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had a captain with zero. Um, yeah, I had 46. Um, so my season is done. So you were about to hear some really interesting picks from me because I have nothing to lose or gain except for I'm weak. So. I, I completely disagree with your pessimism right there. We are getting into a week. I'm in the like, 2500s. I am we are getting into a series of like eight weeks. Do not, if you are listening and you are in Mike's situation right now, do not fall for his pessimism. Do not. We are having Look, this I can huge still win the extra time weekly prize. That's what I'm That's going right. You can still win prize. Huge chunk of double game weeks coming up. So don't, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Jason Sagini beat Mike. He is second in our league right now. It is a vicious head to head league. So, so there's that. I, for myself, my son would have beat me. It was not hard. This well, your son's been beating you all season, though, so that's nothing right there. Uh, as for me, I lost to Andrew Weeby. I will own up to that. I gave him. I gave him some crap on Twitter. He responded, um, and I lost fifty-nine to eighty-two. I had a, a similar week to uh, to Mike. I manipulated my team so that I was able to get uh, both Ladero and. Sorry, I did not have Ladero. I got Valeri on my team. I did. I didn't go with Ladero. I went with Rodriguez instead. So I had Valeri and Rodriguez, and that got me a massive four points uh, as Portland continues to self destruct. I did Captain Pause, so I got sixteen there, and then I downgraded De Leon because I needed to get some money to bounce around, uh, and I got Drew Moore instead. So I got four points there, but I got Stefan. I had I had Smith. Um, and then my bench didn't do great with uh, Paxton, Akam, and Garza, who got me a big goose egg right there. So, uh, yeah, pretty poor round. And at least I had Josie with the 12. Toronto players did great. So thanks, Older Goaler. Uh, you guys did did me well right there. But this was such a strange round. Um, Jessup, we already mentioned how, how Blaine beat you, but is there any other uh, – just tell us about your team. How yeah, so – I. Uh, you guys made me feel a lot better. I, I was. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I was on another, another high note. I, I felt that this was the worst week I could have come on uh, the, the pod because I played Blaine and he beat me. Uh, we were in a homegrown league where uh, we were, you know, head to head. I was undefeated, uh, and then just you know went down. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. In the homebrew league, I'm still undefeated. Never mind. Sorry, I'm still ahead of you in that one, Blaine. Yeah. Invitationally, the host invitational league, I was undefeated until this week. Uh, Blaine took me down in the head to head league. So I was really feeling down. I also felt like pretty much everything that could go wrong with my team did go wrong. But after hearing your guys' stories, um, I'm feeling a lot better. I had 68 overall. Um, I, I, I did a bunch of switcheroos, and all of them at the beginning were just, you know, abysmal. I had Rooney on the bench and a switcheroo, thank goodness. So I could replace him. Uh, Medina, I took a flyer on him. Two points, so I left him on the bench. Brillant for DC United scored zero. I mean, all these guys were really struggling. But um, I did sub in Will Francis and got that 11. I had De Leon and uh, Brad Smith. So uh, my defenders kind of came through and uh, that and captaining, captaining uh, Pozuelo. Uh, that that got me to 68. So now I'm feeling a little bit better after hearing some of these other scores. Yeah, no, Paz was really a decent uh, a decent captain. So I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a, a Rossi captain if you if you went crazy with that. But I mean, he was he was an okay. Josie did better. Would have got you at Neju at 24, but what he got 16 points. Paz did so not not awful as far as captains go. Uh, before we get into why this was such a strange 
round. I just want to wrap this all up and say uh, <laughs> the highest score this week was 109 points in the head-to-head -head league, and uh, Ryan Anderson is still at the top MLS Fancy Boss contributor, makes the the stats articles that everyone really loves. So the Behind the Numbers series, check that out at MLSFantasyBoss.com right now. Uh, he is still leading 6-0-0, uh, the only undefeated player left in our round. Very tight, very tight. Uh, you guys got to get it together. I'm hoping that this spring league is just the the testing the waters because a lot of those extra time guys are beating us. So we got to we gotta get this together. Uh, maybe we'll try to get Bobby on sometime and see if he wants to, to talk some smack. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, we're going to mention the Patreon league right now. Uh, River Schuylkill, Schuylkill is still leading uh, that that league. Um, the player is Poskinis. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But if you're if you're a Patreon donor and and you're upset about me mispronouncing your team names and your name, you have not been a donor long enough. <laughs> and, I am, and I'm so sorry. I'm also so sorry. Uh, but congrats for just doing so great. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff for the Patreon with the Beard Care Club products that are coming and the gift cards that get provided as well. So it's it's a great it's a great league. Uh, so happy to have Jess appear for that and uh, everyone who donates. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but now let's talk about why round six, just a quick review, why it was so strange and why so many people, including ourselves, had these weird scores. Uh, I'm going to start it out uh, with one of my most surprising fantasy moments. And I don't know what surprised me most if it was that San Jose put up three points against Portland or that Wando wasn't involved in any of them because he was on the bench. But that was, I don't think anybody saw, I know that Portland's been struggling and I just don't think anybody saw San Jose dropping three points on. So that was my most surprising fantasy moment right there. What about the rest of you guys? Well, and for me, it's, it's that same game. It's, it's not that San Jose scored. It's that Portland couldn't score at all. I didn't see San Jose mm -hmm. keeping the clean sheet. Um, and we're going to talk in a second about Vega and his price point and why he didn't rise. But, I mean, they've been terrible. I think they let in two goals every game before that. Um, and, I mean, I know Portland has struggled, but you would still assume that with Valeri they could put up some goals. That didn't happen. So, I mean, that, that was pretty much the end of my week there. Um, I don't know what's wrong with Portland. I haven't watched enough of their games, but I mean they're they're in serious trouble, and I'm not touching them until June when that road trip ends. Yeah, and we can go ahead and talk about some of the the Vega points. That was a question that we had come through Reddit about why didn't he go up? Uh, and I think it boils simply down. Mike, feel free to jump in with this. Is that uh, we we know that it's a three week average. The the last fancy newsletter I had mentioned that, uh, and a player has a certain value set as to what average they need to have over a three week with the diminishing points uh, to maintain or increase in value. And he has a lot of bad weeks that that simply one game can't quite rub out immediately. Is that a fair breakdown, Mike? Yeah, and, and to go into a little bit more detail, um, James Ballow in the Discord chat of MLSFantasyBoss.com said that when he looked at the numbers, because they asked him why he didn't have a price rise, uh, he said that the even though the we have a price-based minimum of a player can't go below $4 million, that's not true for the price algorithm. So I think the price algorithm ah, at the moment, oh. even with 14, has him as a $3.5 million player. So unless at that raises above $4 million, you're not going to see the price rise. So that's a new piece of information that we didn't have. I'm thankful for him for uh, clarifying that in the chat. Um, that's so that's huge. something to keep in mind. Um, so, I mean, he, he said, you know, uh, Vega is going to need uh, a few more 14s to, <laughs> to, to get an actual price rise. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not upset um, about that because, I mean, that was something we didn't like last year about how one game could just have such a huge impact on a player's value and and that's and I mean, it, may, it may have had a bigger impact if it had happened in week one instead of week five early in the season yeah. yes mm -hmm. um yeah you know i mean maybe if he has a few decent performances it, it'll shift pretty quick but um yeah that so that's something that we found out that we didn't know before um, well, are we hoping that they're going to play Portland two or three more times in the next few weeks? <laughs> but I don't know. know. If they play New York City. They can't score you. <laughs> if they play New York City and Atlanta and the Red Bulls, they'll be really fine. <laughs> uh, Jessup, what was the surprising moment for you? Well, I mean, the talking point of the week for me for sure had to be D.C. Uh, and uh, LAFC going into this week. 
early in the week last week, I actually had kind of an exchange with Blaine uh, via social media, and we kind of shared our first draft teams. And I had both Rooney and Vela and Switcheroos on the bench. And I was explaining to him that I just I, I had so many thoughts about this game and how it could go, and I was so afraid to either drop them or have both of them in the starting lineup. I just didn't know what was going to happen. I finally went with the home team bias and kept Rooney and dropped Vela and have been kicking myself ever since. I mean, I didn't get to watch the whole game. I was chasing kids, but I was checking the scores and the updates and just in shock as I'm seeing goal after goal and then finally the red card on Rooney. So uh, if anybody has some insights who was able to watch that match about, you know, how was it as bad as the scoreline showed with LAFC just dominating uh, DC United away, uh, I'd be interested to hear it. But one thing I've kind of taken away from this is I think Vela is fixture proof. I mean, if he can go away to DC United after they were so strong defensively, go across country like they did and just beat up on him 4-0, Vela is really hard not to have in your lineup every week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was that's definitely. I mean, I think that was the big conundrum that a lot of fantasy players found themselves in, and I can understand not going with any of these players. And I think if you made that choice, you shouldn't be kicking yourself too much. I mean, you had this almost impenetrable, unmovable object going up against us, this massive goal-scoring force. But they had to come across the country, uh, DC's home turf, which has been doing so well. Uh, and we even said, I mean, this could be a 0-0 or a, or a 3-3. I just don't think we expected all those goals to be on for one team, though. Uh, and, and that was just what was so crazy. And you're right, exactly. A huge credit to what Bob Bradley and Vela and everyone's doing there. Rossi was still the player of the day. So, I mean, Vela may be fixture-proof, but he's not always going to be the number one guy. And that's probably because they were all over Vela. I haven't got a chance to watch it either. And this fast turnaround is going to be hard for doing that. Uh, but if you... If you leave others open, there's still people who can score on that team. So, yeah, uh, LAFC is it's a beast. Blaine, what do you got? Sorry, unmute here because I got Lily with me again. Um, uh, one of those weird ones, because I was really high on them before the season started, and uh, that's a RSL. Um, with the form they've been in, with the way they have been playing lately, you would expect um, Seattle to drop two or three on them at least. And I know this was without Rui Diaz, but – RSL, when they're not losing their head and getting red cards, they can compete with the top teams in the West. Um, they showed that this week, even without Krylock in the lineup. They they played pretty well. I mean, they kept that game close on the road in Seattle. And just they're one of those teams that going forward, as long as they can keep their guys on the field, they'll be fine. Yeah, that's yeah. those are the three surprising games that I had. Uh, on my list. And we mentioned last week how we thought RSL had a little bit more credit due for what they were able to withstand. Uh, and so this was just a, another example of that. I don't think RSL needs to be included in our garbage team list as quickly as some people may be willing to do that. Uh, Rudy as being gone, a huge element to it, but uh, Ladero did struggle a little bit for the last couple of games. So I think that's why a lot of us went with uh, Rodriguez instead of Ladero trying to see if that was going to be a different shift. So it didn't happen, uh, but but not much happened in general right there. Okay, those are some surprises. Uh, what about important I, fantasy takeaways? If you got no surprise, Mike, throw it well, out. Well, one more is Red Bulls um, getting losing at home to Minnesota without Quintero. Um, uh, I mean, both of the New York teams are at the bottom. I rented about New York City, but, I mean, it's probably time to start hitting the panic button uh, on the other side of the Hudson. Um, that that's a really bad result for a team that prides itself on defense. I mean, cause yeah. I, that I switched from Francis to the Red Bulls cause I'm like, no Quintero, you know, that's an easy, um, goal. I almost thought about bringing more Red Bulls players and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my wife and I are going to try to go to that game for FC Cincinnati. And I was like, that could be a good game. Cause they've got some history, but they're playing bad. So we might win. What, that was actually on my list too about New York Red Bulls, but you know they have this. Uh, they lost their coach last year, but other than that, they're playing the same system for the most part, and they have most of the same personnel. I mean, anybody have any thoughts on what's going on in New York? So, uh, 
maybe Blaine can chip in too, but I heard an interview with Peter Vermees this week on Extra Time, and they talked about how uh, Sporting Kansas City used to be the huge pressing team and that he shifted away from that, and they were asking him why. And uh, he just said that you have to do that. You have to change your tactics up because this league can't adapt to that. And I think that maybe some of what we're seeing here with the Red Bulls is – this is what they've always done. This is what they've done for three years, and people have figured it out, and they know what to do, and other teams have gotten some better pieces to help exploit the the cracks that that could happen. I mean, I'll take the Red Bull fan side here, and what I've been hearing on social media is it's Tyler Adams. Night-night, Daddy. Night-night, Daddy. Night-night, Daddy. <laughs> night-night, Daddy everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Lily's going to bed. So, yeah. what I was saying, uh, Red Bulls fans will tell you it's the loss of Tyler Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he covered that defense. He was kind of the rock in the midfield. You could expect him to be everywhere. He kind of took the old Dax McCarty role and made it his own. And he really kind of glued that whole team together. And they haven't found a suitable replacement for him yet. Now, I don't know if that's exactly accurate. I think that maybe Red Bulls fans talking up their player a little bit more. But, again, look what he's doing in the Bundesliga. I mean, he's over there. He's making an impact already. I mean, you can't just replace somebody like that. Same thing that's going on with New York City. They lost Via. They've got no – they don't have that – yeah, Atlanta yeah, as well. Me, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, I think for the Red Bulls, something I'll add is I think Jesse Marsh is was a little bit undervalued as a coach, and I hate the fact that I happen to praise him. This is just gross. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I think he was a really good motivator, and if you're playing a press, you need to be high energy. And, you know, I mean, Chris Arn has kind of mm-hmm. kept that up. But, I mean, right now you have Kaku openly tweeting about how he wants to leave. I just don't think you have that same energy in the locker room and motivation to go out and do that high energy, high press game every now and then. You know, Jesse Marsh can kind of keep it up in part because he also had Tyler Adams, who was there, who's young, hungry, you know, eager to prove his chance to go to Europe. That's not there, you know. So I, I think that's something that they're going to have to deal with uh, in the summer and, and to get him out mm-hmm. of the locker room. And, and you may have have that improve a little bit. All right, let's move on to uh, important fantasy takeaways. I'm going to start this one off. Uh, we're going to talk about Vancouver LAFC right there. Sorry, Vancouver LA Galaxy. Uh, apologies, Matt Pollard. Um, <laughs> right off right off the top. And uh, that blown PK for Vancouver. And, and I love that video, how, how the, the shot's taken, gets saved, and the player just turns around and runs. So it's like, my bad. That was, that was my bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I want to point out, this is the fancy takeaway, um, Zlatan is fantastic. I like him for this week, but his last three goals have all been from PKs and not from open play. He's got that one assist in this last round, but I don't know if that's exactly what you want from your your DP. He's getting goals, so I, overall, I guess that's what you do want, but um, I just think it's important to consider with fantasy that with some of these away games or maybe the tougher matches, I don't know if Zlatan is as fixture-proof or must have all the time as maybe he was last year because, again, three PKs, that's 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 not always going to happen. But, but he drew two of those himself, or did he draw all three? I don't know. The two At least PKs. the one – I don't – did he get the – I don't think he got the one in Vancouver. That was on somebody else. Okay. Well, something we should probably also mention is the fact that he actually played on turf. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. we, none of us picked him last week because we all assumed he wasn't going to play. And then he comes out this week and says, oh, no, I'm, I'm actually good. I'm going to play uh, on turf. You know, it's really just, uh, um, you know, last year with my knee, but now I'm good. So he's well, a little DP bit more money. Um, That's DP money right there. Uh, and he did not earn the penalty. At least he wasn't credited in fantasy with earning the penalty this week. He earned both penalties last week. Okay. And you can get by with that stuff on TAM, but that's, that's not what a DP can do. Uh, Jessup, any more uh, takeaways from you? Well, the only one that um, is, is probably not as uh, interesting to everyone outside of Cincinnati, but I, <laughs> I pay close attention to FC Cincinnati. And one of the things I've been watching a lot this year is how they're using Saif. And uh, I, I really have been hopeful that he's going to come into the team and, and add a little bit more of that offensive element that a lot of people preseason weren't sure that SEC would have, uh, being sort of a de- defensive setup and having so many, so many uh, defensive midfielders and defensive, defensive players. But I, after watching several matches, I'm kind of confused as a layman how Saif fits into this system, into this team. First, he's playing on the wide uh, spots in the midfield, almost like a winger. 
and he just doesn't seem to have the, uh, enough speed. And every time he would get the ball, he would dart inside. I mean, he really looks like the sort of uh, uh, controlling mid central midfielder uh, for like a 4-3-3 system where he's kind of directing the play and a good assist machine, good passing, uh, good decisions, you know, on the ball, but not really fast and not a clinical finisher that you would have up top. Uh, same thing happened this weekend. Uh, they, they moved him from a wing actually up to a second striker. Um, and again, not a really big guy that you would think would be like a target uh, forward and also not super fast or at least, you know, didn't pass my eye test for having the speed you would want to get in behind defenders. So um, I think Coach Koch knows a lot more about soccer than I do, but um, I, I am a little confused where they're going right now. And I think this team is still kind of mixing and matching, trying to figure out their best formation after they lost Adi. And that's and that's the big takeaway I think for people is without Adi, uh, Cincinnati they're not struggling, but they haven't settled quite into that that breakaway counterattacking as we maybe had hoped they would. Uh, I mean Maddox and Manny should be able to use some speed to burn people, and they had some great chances against Sporting Kansas City where that speed was was displayed. They just couldn't finish it up a lot without that big point man. And I think you nailed it that that Saif and it's Manny Kakuda that. It seems like they both should be playing in the middle, but only one of them can play in the middle, and the team doesn't know what to do with that because we still don't have a true playmaker. And I will also say he falls down a lot. He did spend a lot of time on the ground. I noticed that. He just falls down a lot. Uh, Blaine, Mike, what do you guys want to add? Uh, One that I I saw, and I think the numbers kind of played in their favor a little bit, the 2-2 game between Chicago and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I know a lot of people have said at the start of the season, they started off 3-0, and but that was Philly, New England, and uh, New York City. Uh, not the strongest teams in the Eastern Conference. And to walk away 3-0 there, yes, they were scoring goals, but they gave up two to New England who had struggled to put goals on. Now they've got a draw against Chicago. Chicago has not been the lights-out team that we would expect. Um, through this next stretch of games that they've got coming up, I mean, they've got Seattle. They're going to Seattle. Then they've got a home game against um, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Portland, which should be a good one, and then you go to Orlando. Um, don't look for the same level of production and the same defensive presence that you've had. De Leon has been good, but he's been riding a couple of good attacking presences so far. Um, those clean sheets are probably going to dry up, so just watch that one. Uh, Chicago's not the strongest team, and this was a 2-2 game. Um, look for them to get shelled a little bit in these next couple of games because they're going to run into some heavy offensive teams. Mike, anything else? Uh, I'm actually going to push back a little bit on the Chicago. Like, Chicago's had a pretty rough schedule. I mean, they've played Galaxy in L.A. Uh, I mean, they had a draw to Orlando at home, which is pretty inexcusable. But then they played Seattle, the Red Bulls, which they won, and then at Toronto. Um, uh, and if, if we've looked at C.J. Sapong, he actually he's actually the ninth best forward uh, in total points uh, overall in the game, and that's not with an extra game unlike Vela. Um <laughs> And I'll talk about them a little bit more later as far as our matchup this week. But I think there's actually some decent value uh, in Chicago. I think you people were sleeping on them a little bit, and they still have an integrated uh, Gaetan. Um, I think that's their, their new guy. I don't, I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> um, but uh, how the podcast works. That's how the podcast works. See, if I didn't pronounce it, why would you even be here? There's no point for me. I'm not giving you good fantasy advice. You might as well just hear fun mispronunciations of names. Um, but I, I think there is some value on, on Chicago. Great. Uh, let's uh, move on to our housekeeping because this is a lot of stuff I want to go over with everybody. Um, so number one thing on the radar for every fantasy manager this week, game start Tuesday. If you're listening to this podcast late on Monday, that's tomorrow. If you're listening to it Tuesday, it's today. Don't get caught off guard. April 9th, 8 o'clock p.m. with DC versus Montreal. The round starts. Thank goodness we have rolling transfers because uh, we can still keep making making trades if you do miss it. But there's another game on Wednesday, April 10th at 9 o'clock, Colorado versus Seattle. Big double game week is what we've got here, guys. So make sure you get your team set if you want to take the most advantage of it. Speaking of the double game week, the teams already set them. 
Colorado, DC United, Montreal, and Seattle. Those are the teams that are going to get two games this week. We had a question coming from Reddit asking us for a little bit more information about the double game weeks, and it's the perfect time to do it because it's our first one. The next eight rounds, like I already said, don't listen to Mike's just depression. The next eight <laughs> rounds are going to be fantastic for generating points. We have eight rounds of double game weeks. I think it's eight rounds. It's just it's massive chunk of double game weeks as we're leading into the Gold Cup. That's when players are going to start leaving. But this is a great time to make up points, to try to hold back your lead. Things are going to change. Uh, so don't give up. This is this is the fun of the MLS game. For double game week, it just simply means that most teams or a lot of teams, everyone except Portland actually, is going to have a double game sometime over this next stretch. They'll play two games within the week, and you'll get points from both, game, both games. So – uh, for a lot of people, it's going to double up their score, and that's going to be fantastic. But that's not how it works because hashtag because MLS, there will be rotations. It always happens. Uh, some players are going to rotate more than others, and uh, the rule of thumb, you could sort of say, is more defensive players tend to rotate less. So if you're looking at goalkeepers, at defenders, even some of the D-mids who can actually shine during this time, those guys are going to get closer to 180 minutes than some of the forwards, some of the midfielders, who coaches are going to want to rest some legs. Some of these teams, guys, two teams are going to be playing nine games over the next six weeks, and a lot of them are going to be playing eight games. So that's a lot of time. That's a lot of travel. Uh, so that's how it works. Just keep an eye out on who plays first so you can take advantage of those double points and don't get caught off guard. Uh, sometimes I think maybe one of these rounds we're going to have a bye week, but everybody's playing for most of them. So you don't have any bye teams to get easy switcheroos. That's the way it is. This week, uh, I will give you some suggestions, though. Uh, the New York Red Bulls had the Sunday game. That's the last game. They've got a, a goalkeeper and a defender that have 4.0 value. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, who they're playing, has a goalkeeper, defender, and a forward who have 4.0 as their price. And then if you're looking for 4.0 midfielders, uh, the game before that, the last game on Saturday, Cincinnati and LAFC both have 4.0 midfielders, but sometimes they do get some play time. So uh, just be careful with that. But there are 4.0 options late in the round. I prefer late round switcheroos, so I have plenty of time to adjust things if I want to. Uh, but those are your options this week. Now let's get on to injuries and, of course, cards. Mike. All right. Um, obviously, the cards are the big ones. Uh, Wayne Rooney has a red card. Um, Maxi Rudy also has a red card. So those are your um, double game week players. Um, I don't know if Rooney's will be um, extended or not. I, I saw some concern about that. Um, I don't think a Rudy's was. A Rudy's was just a regular red card. Um, so he'll probably be back for the second game uh, against Columbus for Montreal. And then the other um, big in, uh, issue injury-wise for the double game weeks, uh, we talked about Rudy Diaz missing. Uh, I haven't seen an update on his status, uh, but Nacho Piatti is going to be out for both games uh, according to their coach. So that's a big loss because he'd probably be first in our lineups um, otherwise. Um, I don't know of any other big injuries for the double game week teams. Um, also, I mean, for other red cards, like Manchian um, for New England, uh, he had a red card. Uh, I don't think that's going to affect a whole lot of um, picks this week. But, um, yeah, I mean, so other than those, it's pretty much just going to be rotation issues. Uh, we don't know Quintero's status for Minnesota. I think he'll play. I think he was just being uh, on the cautious side because they have their big home opener this week. Uh, but we'll have to, to see uh, about that. That's the only other big name um, who's kind of on the injury list. All right, Mike, thank you so much. Anybody have anything to add to that? No? All right, well, let's get on to our ESPN Plus Round 7 preview. If you haven't checked out ESPN Plus yet, head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com right now. We've got a link in the sidebar for how you can start your free seven-day trial. Uh, it's, it's been a super convenient way I found to be able to watch games that are coming through ESPN Plus, uh, streaming on any device, on your computer, on your phone. Uh, and they've got a great new deal now with uh, U.S. Open Cup. So it's going to be a great source for a lot of domestic soccer. Check it out. $5 a month over at MLS Fancy Boss. But now let's get on to a round seven preview, starting with keepers, defenders, and shutouts. Probably going to be focusing on a lot of double game week guys here, but don't forget those single game week players. So let's kick this all off, Lane. Yeah, so 
I don't know what Reed's talking about. Don't talk about any single game week players on your defense here. <laughs> I didn't say no. specifically on defense. I just a general note to not forget to talk about single game week players. We've had people ask about that too. Right? So don't, don't. No, I know. I know. And there's, they're always your switcheroo candidates that you've got to look for on the single game weeks. Um, I started off looking at this and I started picking, I always build from the front back. So the, the back end gets a little different. Uh, currently, I need to bring in a DC defender, but because I like their clean sheet chances this week, but at the cost and everything, it's just been really tough. I'm going to wait and see the lineup. I know Mora's out, and I don't remember who's been starting for him, and I don't know that he's been playing too well in that time. So, a little nervous there. But so, who I've got the the two standout names I've got are Bush and Hoyberry. Um, and those might be odd picks this week, but Bush is your cheapest double game week keeper at 5.6. Um, and you can't underestimate just having a double game week keeper. Uh, he should get the four points plus some saves. I like the the style that he's going to be playing against. He should pick up a lot of bonus points here. So while he may not have the clean sheet chances, I think at 5.6 he's going to pay, pay off on points and get a lot of those uh, save points coming in. And then Hoyberry is $4 million again. Um, he's probably one of those guys that now that we know that the price floor goes below 4 million, even though their actual value never goes below 4 million. Uh, he's probably one of those guys that's somewhere in the 3 million range with a couple of own goals and a red card. I mean, he has just not been playing well, but at 4 million, if he goes two games and snags a couple of bonus points, um, I can't really complain about that. And that gives me a whole lot of money to look at premium double game week players up front. So those are kind of my two standouts there. Currently I've got Kihi and Diallo in as other players. I'm probably going to try to work in one DC defender instead of Diallo. And I think Kihi is the cheapest Seattle defender you can get right now. And I wanted that Seattle coverage this week. Mike. Uh, yeah, we actually have some similar um, picks, even though I was thought I was going weird. Uh, I have Evan Bush. I think Hamid probably has the best clean sheet chances with DC. Uh, but part of my reasoning is looking at the Montreal DC game uh, in the first game. Um, no Piotti, no Rooney, no Rudy. Um, that could be a very ugly nil-nil game. So I kind of like defenders from either side there. Uh, and then I have a little bit of a tip for Bush because uh, I think Columbus has been a little overachieving as far as expected goals uh, and the chances they're creating. So I think that on the road, especially in Montreal's home opener, because that is their home opener, it's the first time they've played at home because, um, you know, obviously the cold in Montreal. Um, so I think they'll have a pretty decent opportunity for clean sheet. And he's cheap. He allows me to do stuff else, elsewhere. And the rest of the good defenses outside of Colorado is really expensive. So I have Kihi as the cheapest Seattle defender. Um, I also have Burnbaum, um, mostly because DC defenders got wrecked. Um, I wouldn't mind if you going with Brilliant, but I had the extra money, so I upgraded to Burnbaum. Um, on the bench, I have McCann. Um, he's the one who subbed in for Mora. Um, he hasn't played 90 minutes yet, though. So he's been kind of subbed in and out. Um, I, I think the second sub is at least something to do with the red card, trying to get some more forwards to try to catch up. But, I mean, he hasn't been doing all that well, but he's 4.8. So he's a cheap way to get on the bench. You know, if he hits a clean sheet, more power to me. And then I have Rosenberry, 4.3. He's only averaging 2 million, but, again, cheap on the bench. You know, if something weird happens with Colorado and they manage to keep a clean sheet at home, uh, you know, especially if Seattle rotates a lot midweek, which I don't think is a crazy possibility, um, I'll get some cheap uh, points that way. Jessup. Yeah, so I started with the sort of underlying assumption that we've got two of the best defenses in a double game week here. We've got D.C. United, who have given up a total of five goals. Four of them were this week. Uh, so <laughs> against, he, against one of the best offenses. Yeah. If we ignore the LA, LAFC drubbing that they just took, they, they still have been incredibly stout. And uh, Seattle's defense has actually three, has the fewest goals on the season. So I'm looking heavily at those two teams for defense. Now, I, I, I that that gave me either Hamid or Fry as the two you know keepers that I would want if I could fit everything else in to my lineup. Um, with Seattle, they also, not only do they have a good defense, they've got two of the best attacking defenders, in my opinion, on their team. And so if they don't keep keep a clean sheet, I love the chances of Leardum 
or uh, Smith actually getting an assist or really good bonus points from all their attacking potential. So I wanted both of them on my team. And uh, I also want some other uh, Seattle players up front. So that means I went with Hamid at goal uh, so that I could get both those attacking defenders for Seattle in my back line. Um, I went with Berlant, uh, Briant, I suppose, uh, for the same reasons that Mike talked about. Um, do like that DC uh, defense, like, especially against Montreal, who's just got no one but tighter left, you know. In, in, in the um, and then I'm taking a chance on Lovitz. Uh, he's on my bench in a switcheroo. Uh, same concern. Montreal has not been fantastic on defense, but he also is the one who had the assist uh, for the one fluky goal that Montreal scored in that 7-1 to one against SKC. So I think Lovitz does have a little bit of attacking potential. Uh, might, you know, uh, get some bonus points, if, even if they don't keep it clean. So those are my four uh, defenders. Briant, Leardom, Smith, and Lovitz with Hamid uh, as my first goalkeeper. Yeah, great picks. Uh, so talking about single game week players, I will say uh, do not have a single game week goalkeeper. There's there's absolutely no point. Blaine hit the the nail right on the head right there, almost at the goal on the head. Uh, hit the nail right on the head. Even if someone like Bush, you're going to get likely two points per game for at least as playing. You're probably going to get an, at least one more bonus point from recoveries or something during those games, maybe saves. Uh, so you're looking at sort of a, of a reasonable floor for the player of about six points. And you'll probably find that in a single game week player anyway, maybe even a little bit better than a guy who gives up a goal and maybe comes away with only two or three points. So with a chance of a shutout or more or more blocks from shots, uh, you're, you're just better off having a double game week player. Important to note, those stats don't add up. So they're not going to give you one score after two weeks. You'll get two scores, so you don't add up those shots and blocks and everything right there. Uh, so do not get a single game week keeper. I think, though, you could consider some single game week defenders right here. And the team that I'm going to say is LAFC if you want, and that is simply because of Stephen Bateshore. Uh, he is a very aggressive midfielder. He's come away with some offensive points. In, in all of his seasons. Uh, he, so he's not a guy who's just randomly getting a point here or there. Uh, this year he's already gotten a goal, uh, maybe an assist as well. I just got a stats loaded up. He got a goal and assist against San Jose. He got 10 points against DC United for the shutout right there. But he's a guy who puts crosses in and he'll make those runs. Against FC Cincinnati, you could see when – Sporting Kansas City added in their midfielders who started doing more crossing, making more runs. It really ran that defense ragged. They didn't know how to react to that. And that's the kind of player I think Stephen Bateshore is, that he could take advantage of that. So if you're looking for a single game week defender, I think he's a solid option right there. Otherwise, you guys have listed a lot of great players. I'm looking at all those. I might be running two. Uh, I'm looking at Hamid myself, so I might be looking at two DC, two Seattle players. Uh, I may actually – I'm keeping an eye on McCann, Mike, since you mentioned him. If he does start, I will probably downgrade Briant to McCann so that I can then add in uh, a second Seattle defender because I would value Seattle defenders over uh, Shore in, in that head-to-head -head match right there. Let's move on to midfield, guys. Mike, who are you considering? Uh, well, midfield, I think, is where you have a lot of choices this week. Um, I think Titer's probably a must-have. Um, he's been Montreal's most consistent player. Um, I also have Roldan. Um, he's, his consistency has been really, really good. Uh, at 9.3, he's not a bad price point. Um, I have Ladero as, as well. I, I don't know if he'll be rotated or not. That's a lineup I'm going to check. But I think he has the highest ceiling out of any of the players um, this week since Rooney is going to be out for the first game, and we don't know Rui Diaz's status. So um, that's kind of the core. Um, also have Lucho Acosta. My main thinking on Acosta is that because he's had kind of a middling start this season that most people aren't going to have him, and so I'm going to go differential and pick him up. Uh, I think probably um, Areola is your better chance, but um, you know, as far as consistency is concerned, and he's a little cheaper, but I'm just going to Acosta just to do something a little bit different. And then on the bench, as part of the last part of my um, switcher, I have Bassett from Colorado. Um, 5.4 midfielder, but he's gotten like four and five points um, whenever he starts 90, game, um, 90 minutes. Yeah, he's 5-3-11 and 11 in his past few games. He scored and got an assist uh, in the last game. So price rise and um, you know 5.4, take a shot, see if something happens, if they're able to score. Um, so 
I don't think that's a bad uh, opportunity coming off the bench. Jessup. Uh, yeah, I struggle with DC because if I'm going to have uh, Hamid and a defender, that only gives me one more player. I would love to have uh, both Moreno, who is actually my pick, and Luciano Acosta. Uh, I think I like that pick. Um, but I, I like the safer option of Moreno. He's cheaper, which gives me more budget elsewhere. And, you know, defensive midfielders, and, and he's, I think, a bit more attacking than your typical defensive midfielder. He's more of a box-to-box midfielder. So his floor is pretty high. It's a lot of bonus points and having two of those games. I like that reliability. I have Ladero uh, for all the reasons Mike said. Um, also tighter, same reason. Um, he's the only attacking piece left in Montreal for this week. So I'm assuming he's going to do a lot with the ball. Uh, and then I'm a little on the fence here with this fourth uh, midfielder. Right now I've got uh, Benny Failhaber. Um, he hasn't done a lot this year, but he has been – actually lining up according to the, the, the stats pretty far forward, almost attacking midfielder and not, you know, quite playing a defensive midfielder hasn't produced a lot, but Colorado is a little attacking. It's two games at home, kind of hoping that he, you know, does a little bit more this week, but uh, the other two that I'm considering in that same spot are Bassett. I noted uh, Mike made a good recommendation. there, very cheap and, and he's got some good numbers and Mosquita. Uh, now I think he plays more like a winger role. So if he's not scoring a goal or getting an assist, he might rack up the bonus points, but, you know, trying to figure out what would be a really good, uh, cheaper Colorado midfielder in that fourth midfielder spot. Lane. Yes. I think you guys have hit on everybody that's on my list. So I'll just run them down really quick. I've got Ladero, Acosta, Moreno, Roldan, and Titer. Um, I think this is a week you just really load up on the heavy hitters. Um, Moreno and Roldan both have that really high floor uh, that you look for in a double game week. Uh, both of them have the potential to get into the attack. I mean, Roldan had the assist this week and I think was the second best midfielder for Seattle. Uh, Moreno has, I think, the best average of all the DC midfielders right now, and maybe the best average of any of the DC attacking players, even better than Rooney's at this point. Um, so that's really hard to pass up on on a double game week because if they even come close to their average for those two guys, for Moreno and Roldan. Thank you for giving her what she wants. Thank you. Go. <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Lily, okay. So long story short, Lily does not want to sleep. And she was almost asleep on me, but she is standing up here watching us podcast. <laughs> and Sarah is frustrated because Lily won't sleep because I'm not in there. Oh. So, anyway, she's having fun with me right now, and Sarah is not the happiest person about it. Well, <laughs> I'm so, I, I appreciate your commitment to the fans and everyone. Uh, yeah. I, lo I love you all. <laughs> You guys have uh, so, said a lot of the of the top players there. I agree with you, Jessup and Blaine. Uh, I do like Moreno over with uh, DC United. I was talking to uh, our friend Jason Hicks, who is in the Patreon and is a DC fan, and I was asking him the question that I know is on a lot of people's minds, and that is, <clears throat> what happens without Rooney? Uh, people are looking at Quincy Ameriqua as a potential option to jump in there, uh, but people are also just wondering what happens. And let me load up the Twitter here real quick. And uh, Jason did say that that Quincy is an option that people might want to look at. He's a forward, so I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. But he was also saying Segura is someone who lined up and uh, that also he would expect to see uh, uh, Zoltan in there. So Stiber is someone who, who might pop in. He's at a midfielder. So those are some other options you might look at. But I like Moreno for all those reasons you guys are talking about. D-mids in general really shine uh, during a double game week just because of those bonus points that these guys already talked about. Mm. Now, I'm a little strapped for cash on my team, and I put a lot of that cash into my front line. So I actually have uh, right now in my lineup for that more defensive player. Uh, they also have Azira, and I love Azira if he was at Colorado simply for his bonus points generation. So that's what I may go with. I might try to move some things around and see if I can afford uh, Tider getting there because he is clearly the option. But I really don't know if I like Montreal this round just because of having to play against D.C. Then their first game is against Columbus, who's been doing pretty well. So I'm not sure if uh, Colorado or if Montreal is definitely the best pick. 
otherwise, if you're looking for a single game week team, I think Dallas is still a great go-to. They're going up against Portland, which, as we've already talked about, been horrid. Uh, Paxton Pavacal, 8.2. Only got three points last week, but he's been doing great things all year. I think he's a solid single game week pick if that's someone who you want to go with. Uh, otherwise, I think you can look at in LAFC, maybe even LA Galaxy as someone back at home that might be um, able do you have do you have one single game week since I got cut off? If you're looking for that if you're looking for that cheaper option or just that weird switcheroo that's not going to cost you a lot, uh, Memo Rodriguez is still really, really cheap and yep. they are Houston's at home against San Jose. Um Houston's been that team in the last couple of years that uh, get lucky, play the roulette wheel on who's going to score. This year, they've kind of been consistent with Memo being involved in a lot of their goals so far or being one of their leading goal scorers. I think he is the leading goal scorer at this point. Um, that's hard to pass up at these prices um, because at worst, as a switcheroo, as the back end of a switcheroo, you're not out a ton of money. I think I, I don't have him up, so I don't know what he costs at the moment. But you're talking under $6 million, That's $2 million above the scrub. Yeah, no, he's, not, he's been great. Yeah, so definitely have him on your radar if you're looking for a bench spot or if you've just got some extra cash after you've got all your double game weeks and can't really run an auto route. He's an auto route candidate right there. Um, throw him in against somebody else. I mean, there should you should have enough money at this point to try to get him in. Yeah, no, that's a great call. Let's move on to our forwards now. Jessup, kick us off here. This was by far the hardest one for me. <laughs> Probably a lot of the listeners. Uh, you know, you've got the best obvious uh, forwards on red cards here. Uh, Rooney's out. And then, you know, of course, a Rudy is also out. Um, so I, I have Kamara as my first forward. Um, he's the only double game week forward that I can even – really consider I, I didn't see anyone else that i was really sure would start two matches let alone uh, uh anybody that had a good chance of doing well colorado has been more attacking they've been absolutely horrible on defense and i'll this we're going back here but i will note there wasn't a lot of praise about the colorado defenders when we're talking about defenders but attacking wise they have been doing okay and so i'm hoping with a double game week uh kamara might come away with something uh, despite the really tough matchups that he's got at home. Uh, the other one is might be my only uh, single game week player on my first draft here, and that's Vela. Um, I was on the fence about Vela, but I was talking to Blaine a little bit before the podcast, and I think he's got me turned around. The, the one week I did not take Vela last week, I regretted it. So maybe I'll just go ahead and uh, plug in a single game week player this week. He'll be my second forward. Blaine, who do you got? Yeah, so I was in the same boat Jessup was, and we talked about this before the show a little bit. And I, I hit that nice little checkbox in there, show all double game week players. And I looked at it and go, Rooney, red card. Rui Diaz is questionable. He's one that's on the radar. Watch that lineup. If he is in the first game, I have a good feeling he goes 120 this week. And I think he's somebody you need to have if he does go both games, just seeing their matchups. And I was like, ooh, Kai Kamara, double home game, but it's two of the best defenses in the league. So as soon as I saw those few names pop up, I was like, uh, Vela and Zlatan, no questions. I think you run two single game weeks. I think both of them have that better chance. You can run an auto-roo, switcheroo with some of these cheaper options. I mean, Rubio's only 6.8. Uh, if you've got the money or want to – want to work it around and bring in a Kamara or something. But I just, with their averages, with the way they've been playing home games against shaky defenses in Cincinnati and Philly, I think you've got to, I think you've got to keep these guys on the radar and have at least one of them. I think I'm going to go with both for sure at this point. I know I've got two Cincy fans listening to me. I know your defense is good. Um, I know you guys do like to bunker a little bit and can lock these guys down. But the, just watching um, Bella and Rossi and whether it's Diamande or Ramirez play, they are unlocking defenses that like to pack it in behind. If since he's going to do one thing, they need to take a page out of Sporting's book and foul him early and foul him often and just try to disrupt that game. I think that's really I, I really think that's the only way to shut down this L.A. team. If you're not, if you can't outscore them, I think that's one of the few ways you can get through them. Because if you just try to bunker and 
keep the result, they will find a way to unlock you sooner or later. Vela and Rossi are just too much quality at getting this done. Mike. All right, so um, I actually have two new forwards that we haven't talked about. Um, my first pick is CJ Sapong. Uh, Vancouver's defense has been pretty much trash. Um, I mean, I think they've kept one clean sheet all year. Most of the, t- I think they have one other game where they've only allowed one. The rest, it's two or three goals. Um, for all of Chicago's problems, they're at home, and CJ Sapong has been a huge part of them. Um, his score so far: seven, seven, eight, three, and eight. Um, so that's three goals in his, uh, in his five games, uh, and in those other two games, he's gotten an assist. Um, or excuse me, one of the games he got an assist. So I, I think Sapong is, is a really good option at eight point five, eight point seven. Excuse me. Uh, and then my other option is Quintero. Uh, Minnesota is going to have a huge opening. Um, and I watched New York City this week. They are trash. Um, they are not going to keep anyone out. Uh, and if Quintero is healthy, he's going to. I think he's going to put up at least a brace. I may captain him over in Ladero this week. That's how much confidence I have in Minnesota over New York City this week. Wow. Um, if Quintero doesn't play, I, that's an easy switch to Vela as far as the price point uh, for me. So um, that's kind of a setup that I have right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, home opener. That's going to be a packed stadium you know it's the first time they're going to have a stadium there's gonna be a lot of excitement we've seen what that can do in the past for with you know orlando um uh fc cincinnati you know this year uh we've seen it all through history when you open a stadium that's a huge game huge momentum uh and usually a lot of goals for the home team so and if that's the case quintero is almost certainly going to be involved yeah some great picks uh i do want to add right now i forgot to mention this in the last segment uh there was a question about, do we think Ladero is going to play both games? And I went back through uh, three previous years for Ladero, and the only time he has not played 90 in both double games is when he either had a toe injury or when he was missing a game because of an international match for a call-up. So I feel pretty confident that we'll see Ladero uh, play both of these games this week. Uh, I'm right there with Blaine talking about forwards. I am going with Slatan and Vela. Uh, I went big money right here. Uh, I love FC Cincinnati, but I mean, Vela's been unlocking stuff. And I already mentioned Beta Show early on as a potential single game week team. Uh, so I think you have uh, two great single game week options right here LA versus uh, Philadelphia, LAFC versus Cincinnati. I think both of these guys can do well. And it's it's Laton back at home with hope he can create more from open field or earn some more PKs. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's a forwards job. <laughs> uh, and when you're looking at this, the double game week guys, you guys. Uh, nailed it. Uh, Montreal's missing the, the best bite of its attack. Uh, Colorado is going up against some great defenses. DC United is missing the best part of its attack at forward. Uh, you have Rui Diaz potentially coming back for Seattle, but is that something where he immediately plays 90 both games? Probably not. I would be surprised if maybe he did 60 against Colorado, or maybe he be, if he even comes in at the end for Colorado and just keep him to get some exposure at altitude and not really have him too much uh, much running to save him back at home against Toronto, who have been doing better than Colorado. So uh, I, I could see a split for Rui Diaz as well. And that just leaves single game week, guys. Uh, I mean, you can look at Elise if you want to go in that same vein as Memo as someone who could unlock the, the San Jose defense. Uh, Mike mentioned Quintero already. That's another good look. Uh, that's probably where I would leave it as far as single game week guys. I still have some concerns about rotations or just, I mean, you could go with Nemeth if you want to and try to just pound on New York Red Bulls, but it's the last game. If you're waiting that long, you have little options to correct it. So I, I don't tend to like those games myself. So uh, that's what we're looking at as forwards. That's what I thought. Great guys for this conversation. Let's go on to, Can uh, I throw out just a question? Yeah. If if we're all so down on Montreal's offense, should you f- fade tighter this week, or is he just too consistent to to fade? I was the one who didn't have tighter, and that was because I was down on their offense. But I did go for Iete or maybe Azira because of uh, the defensive midfielder. I could see them having to withstand a lot of defensive pressure, and that that could result in bonus points for them. So that's where my mind is. That does tighter excel with uh, Rudy and and uh, Piotti both gone. 
Yeah, I, I'm with Blank, uh, excuse me, Reed. Um, I, I, if nothing else, him having the ball as much as he's going to have the ball and trying to do as many things as he's going to try to do and be forced to do probably, I like his bonus point potential. But also keep in mind, as much as we're so confident that, that Montreal is not going to have a great week, because MLS is going to have two Double hat, hat trick, yes. Okay? And, and, and the same thing with Colorado. The worst defense in the league, but they've got two home matches in altitude. How much you want to bet at least one clean is going to pop up, and I don't have a single one of their defenders. That's why I'm sticking with Tider for now. Hey, you got to at least get Axel because he's 4.0. Come on. You can make that work. Yeah, I might, I might plug him. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about forwards. Or not stop that forwards. Let's talk about captains. Blank. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a toss-up this week, really, um, between Ladero and Acosta. And it really kind of comes down to who you think – or how you think DC is going to play without Rooney. I think that really does boost Acosta this week. Um, I think that's going to bring him to more of the focal point and the attack's going to have to run through him instead of kind of running to uh, Rooney and a little bit away from Acosta. Um, but it's really hard to argue against uh, Ladero with a home game against a what I consider a very weak Toronto defense. And uh, uh, even the road game against Colorado at altitude, Colorado is not the strongest defensive team. Most goals given up in MLS this year. That I, We've talked all about Portland defensive woes, but Colorado has been even worse. So it's really hard to argue against that for Ladero. So those are the two I'm going to give to Lily. I will have her be picking here soon, and I will get that out on Twitter with who she picks. Mike? Uh, Ladero if he starts, otherwise Quintero. Okay. Jessup? It's going to be Ladero. This is a week where I would love to be brave enough to cap a defender but I, I can't do that. I, I can never bring myself to do that. So it's going to be Ladero. Uh, I am also looking at Ladero. I think you're right. It, it does kind of come down to uh, Ladero or Acosta. But I tell you, I mean, Vela is a guy who could come up with like a brace and an assist, and and that can add up really quick. I mean, I, I tell you guys, everyone was like, no, no single game week players. I have never seen a double game week where – at least one single game week player did not make it into the best X side. Like it, mm -hmm. it always happens because MLS just, just the matchups. If it's a good matchup, consider it. Don't just knock it off. Uh, I touch on a lot of these tips in my newsletter this week. So subscribe to that over at MLS soccer.com. If you have not already. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, Andrew Crawler ran the numbers a few uh, years back, um, and he found out that double game week players usually get 1.6 times the average. Um, so while that's certainly enough to get them to be more consistently better than single game week players, it's not such a huge advantage to overcome you know, a, a player getting a hat trick or a brace usually. So that's something to keep in mind. It's usually not twice their points because they're exhausted on that second game and don't usually do as well. Well, speaking of because MLS and the crazy things that happen, we're all, you know, sort of just accepting that LAFC is going to destroy our team FCC. <laughs> I also don't have any FCC players in my team, so I agree. However, maybe LAFC will have a lot of empathy and feel sorry for Saif as he falls left <laughs> and right and falls down over and over on the ground. And maybe they'll just, you know, give up a goal or two to it, you never know. Uh, you never know. I don't know. But if, if people do start considering some FC Cincinnati players, there's lots of options there. Don't overlook Danny Cruz. Uh, he has quickly become one of my favorite players on the team. He gets involved in so much. Uh, but um, probably probably not this week. Thank you so much, guys, for those tips. I hope everyone listening found them helpful in making their decisions. Remember, games start on Tuesday. Uh, that's all that we have for the show tonight. So let's get on with our plugs. Uh Blaine, I think you're muted right now, so let's go with Mike first. Uh, nothing nothing different this week. Jessup? I uh, gave a plug to my wife last year when I was on the pod, and uh, I made her listen to the entire pod just so she could hear me give a shout-out to her. Uh, she did not appreciate that. She's not a huge soccer fan, but I'm going to give a <laughs> shout-out to my wife, and especially this week because I'm uh, sort of fanatical about trying to watch real-time scores and and plug in, you know, my lineup, make sure all my starters are starting and do my switcheroos. But we'll be traveling to Europe on vacation this Saturday. So I'm going to be in airports trying to get on the internet just to make sure my MLS fantasy team is up to date. Sorry, sweetie. 
We could do a fun uh, supplementary podcast sometime about your, if you record yourself trying to do this, uh, then we'll, we'll put that out there for people to find out how to <laughs> MLS from abroad. Uh, uh, Blaine, what about you? You're still muted. Yeah. Um, I've got to give a shout out to my wife too. I mean, you guys all heard that little outburst. She lets me do this on Monday nights. Lily is standing here climbing up on some storage containers I have and jumping off on the pillows right now. That's why I've been muted. And this is the first time she's ever done that. So um, really thankful my wife lets me do this most Monday nights without interruption. Every once in a while I do get an interruption. And, oh, she's worth it. So that's going to be my shout out for the week. Well, now I feel bad. I'm like the shitty husband who didn't shout out his wife. Uh, <laughs> well, I will give a shout out to my beautiful wife as well uh, for, for letting me do this as well and for getting my awesome hat for those of you in YouTube land to see my MLS Fantasy Insider hat. Uh, of course, you can check out everything that I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. We have a lot of articles coming out quick this week. Uh, the MLS Fantasy newsletter is still coming out, so if you have not subscribed to that over at MLSSoccer.com and just search for newsletters. And, and here's this. You guys, we're getting over 900, sometimes 1,200 listens to this podcast and dozens of views, maybe more than dozens, but a lot of views on YouTube as well. <laughs> If, you, if you're a new player, send me questions. Send those questions in. I want to help out for, for the newsletter at, at MLSsoccer.com. So the, the 900 or for maybe less, the people who are maybe listening to it multiple times, good for you, uh, send me a question. If you've got them, MLS Fantasy Boss, just email it to me. Uh, send it to me on Twitter, whatever you want to do. And if you're a veteran player, have just some strange question or there's something you think needs to get pointed out to new players, send me the question, let me know, and I'll get that plugged in the article, and we'll talk about it on the show if we can as well. So check out all that stuff, and don't forget r slash fantasy MLS and the amazing supporters over at Patreon. That's MLS uh, Fantasy Insider, uh, the Patreon supporter group. Fantastic guys like Jessup who uh, help out to support this podcast and have a lot of fun doing it. So thank you so much, everyone, and good luck. <laughs>